0: we read that after much travail, Yosef reveals himself to his brothers who have come to Egypt originally for the purpose of purchasing food during a famine time. They go back to get their father Yaakov and they return to Egypt. And then Yosef brings some of his brothers to meet Pare. He has a an agenda that he does not want them to be appointed to be officers in Pharaoh's court or officers in Pharaoh's army. And therefore, we read as follows Perak Memzayan, Pusik Base, Umiksei Echov, and from the edge of his brothers, meaning from some of his brothers, Lakach Chamisho Anashim. Yosef took five men, five of his brothers, Bayatzi Game, Lifnei Faray. And he stood them up. He presented them before Parai. Rashi explains as follows. From those who were less amongst them for strength, meaning from those who were less strong than some of the others. Those who did not appear to be strong. We'll talk quite, about, quite, quite, quite a bit about this later. Why did he take the ones who seem to be less strong? Says Rashi, because if Para will see that they are strong, so he will make them into his men of war. He will appoint them as soldiers in his army. Now Rashi says, and these are they. These are the ones. These are the brothers that Yosef brought before para and he brought them there because they were not as strong as some of the others. Reuven, Shemayin, Levi, Yisachar, Uvin Yamin. And now Rashi explains: How does he know that these are the brothers who were less strong? O some shall kafal Moshe some Those that Moshe Rabbeinu, when he blessed each of the tribes at near the at the end of his life, those that he did not double their names, as we'll see in a moment. In the brachis of some of the tribes, Moshe Rabbeinu mentioned the tribe, the tribe's name twice. Those that he did not double their names, they are the weaker ones. Those that he did double their names, they are the stronger ones. Let's continue. Shemais Sagibarim Kafal. Rashi says the names of those tribes that were stronger, Moshe Rabbeinu doubled. As it says, Vizos the Yehuda. And this is the bracha for Yehuda. Shema Hashem, call Yehuda. Listen Hashem to the voice of Yehuda. So the name Yehuda is stated twice. Ula God Amar, Baruch Marchiv God. To God, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu said, Baruch Marchiv God. Blessed is the one who broadens the boundaries of God. So again, you have the name God two times. Ula naphtali Amar, Naphtali Svar This is also in the Pesach. To Naphtali or about Naphtali, he said, Naftali, Naftali is satiated with goodwill. Well, the Don Amar, done, and to, regarding done, he said, done, etc. Again, the name is repeated. zvulan, similarly zvulan, asher, and similarly asher. So those who were stronger, Meisha Rabbeinu repeated their names. Those who were not so strong. Meishu Rabbeinu only said their name once. And it is uh, implicit in Rashi that this relative strength or weakness existed not only at the time of Meishu Rabbeinu, but it even existed here at the time of the, during the lives of Yaakov's 12 sons. And it didn't change. Uh, if if Reuven's name Reuben's name was not doubled by Meishu Rabbeinu, which is a sign, according to Rashi, that Reuven was uh, not such a strong shavut. So you also see from Rashi that Reuven, the man Reuven ben Yaakov, also was relatively not as strong as some of his other brothers. And Rashi continues, Zeal the These are the words. This is the the text of Bracious rabba of the midrash, "Shehi eretz Yisrael," which he says is an agoda, It is a uh, collection of homiletical homiletical statements that comes from the Chachamim in Eretz Yisrael. Abel, however, Talmud Bavli, Shulonu, our Talmud Bavli, an interesting expression, but let's take it without the word Shalano, without dwelling too much on the word Shalano. In the, in the Talmud Bavli, we find, Metzinuvah we find in it as follows, we find a different explanation. That it is those, whose names, Maisha Rabbeinu, doubled, heimachalashim. Those are the ones who are weak. As Rashi uh, says in Parshat Suzeysa Bracha, that, uh, that Maisha Rabbeinu, when he saw, when he came to bless a shavit that was relatively weak, so he said their name twice in order to strengthen them. By, by virtue of his bracha, he, he hoped to, uh, to imbue them with some strength. And Rashi says, those are the ones that Yosef brought in front of Parai. So it was a different bunch of, a different set of uh, Shvatim that were brought in front of Parai. Not uh, Reuben, Shem, and Levi, and Sachur, and Binyamin, but rather, it was the other, the other Shvatim, the other brothers who were relatively weaker, at least at the time of Yaakov Avino. And Yosef, and these, those are the ones that Yosef brought in front of Para because he didn't want Para to think that they were too, uh, too strong, then he would make them into soldiers for him. Okay, I'd like to address two main points in this long Rashi comment. The first one is right at the beginning. It says from some of his brothers, he brought five men. So Rashi says, He brought those who were less amongst them in terms of strength. nirin That do not appear to be strong. Now, first of all, this is just a lot of words for Rashi. Why don't you just say, And secondly, if we go to the Midrash Rabba, which Rashi himself says, is his source. It says there, the words, all it says is, he took five brothers who were not the giborim. Rashi spends, a, spills a lot of ink here. He says, men the gvura from those who were less in terms of strength. And then he seems to reiterate, she'ein nir'in giborim, that they do not appear to be giborim. There is a principle which is uh, stated very explicitly in the name of the Lubavitcher Rebbe the and it's something that if you, if you look for you will see it. And that is that when Rashi quotes a source, which is usually most of Rashi's commentary on the Torah, is not really original. Most of it either comes from a Gemara or a Midrash, with some original thoughts, but to a large extent, at least 90%, 90% of the time Rashi is quoting earlier sources, but but the Lubavitcher Rebbe explained, Rashi will alter a source in order to fit it into his opinion, perhaps to make it uh, harmonize better with other things that he said in other places, or to make it adhere closer to the, to the pshat, to the simple meaning of the pasik, which is what he's aiming at. Whereas the Midrash and the Gemara are not always aiming at the simple meaning of the Pasek, they are aiming to derive certain ethical or legal lessons which are part of the truth of the Pasek, but perhaps not the simple meaning, the simple reading of the Pasek. And interestingly, some Mephoshim explain that this is why Rashi usually does not himself cite his sources. This is this Rashi happens happens to be an exception. Here, Rashi says, rabba. These are the words of Rashi's Rabba, but in the Talmud, Badly. But in most places, Rashi does not, he himself does not tell you where he got his information from. Um, there are uh, anyone who knows some Gemara and Midrash can usually find the source. And certainly, in our days, um, there are many, a uh, number of different editions of Rashi which do a nice favor for us, a very valuable favor that uh, for every Rashi, there's a footnote or a parenthesis that tells you which Midrash or which Gemara Rashi is drawing from. But Rashi himself generally does not do this. And the question is, why not? Aren't you supposed to be b'shem aren't Oimran? You, aren't you supposed to say things in the name of those who said them? In other words, if you're quoting someone, aren't you supposed to attribute? So what some Mephoshim explain is that Rashi does not usually attribute his sources because usually, really, because he generally does not mean merely to quote. When Rashi quotes the Gemara, he's not literally quoting in quotation marks. He doesn't mean exactly what the Gemara is saying. He is using what the Gemara or the Midrash says. He is adapting it. He is molding it into his own opinion he may modify certain things, he may leave out certain things, he may put in certain things. If he would would say explicitly, this comes from this source all the time, so then then that wouldn't be correct. So the reason that Rashi usually does not quote his sources is because his source is a source, but there's a process in between the original source and what Rashi tells us. And therefore, what Rashi is telling us really is original. In any case, I think that we can see, in this Rashi comment, we can say that, in fact, he has modified the bracious the, the Rabba in two points because of two questions that he had. First of all, Rashi saw in the Midrash Rabba that the five... The brothers that Yosef took to Parai were enam were, giborim, they were not strong. However, in Parshas Miketz, in the narrative when the brothers first came to Mitzrayim to buy food, we read as follows. Vayavoyer b'nei Yisrael The b'nei Yisrael came to buy uh, grain amongst all those who came. There were many people from many lands who were coming to Egypt to buy grain because it was a, a very widespread famine. Ki of the Eretz Because the famine was in Eretz also. So it says the brothers came b'seich haboim amongst those who came. Rashi says, matminim atzmom shalo yakirom. They were hiding themselves so that no one should notice them. sivom avihem because their father Yaakov had commanded them that they should not be seen, they shouldn't be recognized when they go into Mitzrayim, in order that the iron ra'ah, in order that an evil eye, in order that a jealous eye should not look at them, because they were all handsome and they were all strong. So Yaakov Avinu didn't want them to be very noticeable when they came in. Therefore, they made sure that they came in amongst the big crowd and no one would really notice them in the big crowd. But what do we see here in Rashi? Kulam giborim. All of the brothers were strong. So Rashi had a problem when he looked at the Midrash Rabbah that says that the brothers that Yosef selected to bring before Parai were enam giborim, were not giborim, but but Rashi himself said before, based on a Pasek, that they all were Gibertam, they, they all were strong. And I think that that is the reason why Rashi begins his comment here by saying, He doesn't say these brothers were not strong, because in fact they were strong. But they were less than the other brothers in terms of their strength. In other words, relative to the other brothers, these five were the weaker of the of the group, but still in relationship to the general populace, in relation to most people, they were strong. That's the first point that I think Rashi uh, alters from the Midrash. A second point, a second problem that Rashi had regards Shimon and Levi. Rashi here says the two of the brothers, two of these quote unquote weaker brothers whom Yosef brought in front of Parai were Shimon and Levi. Now that's problematic, because we read in Parshas Vayishlach that there was uh, an issue, shall we say, between B'nai Yaakov and the people of Shechem. What that issue was is for another time. But uh, they had a beef with the people of Shechem. And they convinced the people of Shechem to circumcise themselves. And then it was on the third day. When they were in pain. The two B'nei Yakov, two of the sons of Yaakov, namely Shimon and Levi, the sisters of the brothers of Dina, they took each man his sword, and they came upon the city while it was uh, while they were not taking care of themselves, they were not protecting themselves and they killed every male in the city. Now, there are plenty of questions to ask on this wassak, plenty of good questions, but one thing we see is that Shimon and Levi were capable by themselves of killing out all the men of a city. In a different place, Rashi refers to Shem as Krach Gobel, as a great city, as a big city. This was not a little encampment of uh, 12 uh, Bedouins. This was a, a large city for its time. And yet, Shimon and Levi, those two brothers, they were able to conquer it. So Rashi had a problem. How can we say over here, how can the Midrash Rabbah say that amongst these weak brothers whom Yosef brought before Parai were Shimon and Levi, but, but they were very strong. They had to be very strong. So I think on that Rashi says, the answer is yes, they were very strong but they didn't appear to be so strong. Some people, uh, they, their strength is deceptive. You, you look at them walking down the street, you think they're just like anyone else, but uh, put them in the boxing ring and they're very dangerous. That was Shimon and Levi. Perhaps one could say that this is part of how they succeeded in destroying the city of Shem they were able to come upon it and, and to surprise the people because they didn't look so strong. Whether that's so or not is not, uh, is not essential. But what I think we have seen is that the this beginning section of Rashi, which seems to be so long-winded for a person like Rashi, for a person who was stingy with ink like Rashi, uh, they are they are here, these words are here for a purpose. They're here to answer two questions that Rashi had on the Midrash, and Rashi answers by altering the Midrash a little bit. He's telling us, he's interpreting the Midrash, that when the Midrash said that these brothers that Yosef brought in front of Parai were enam giburim, were not strong, doesn't mean they weren't strong. It means they were less strong than the other brothers and they didn't look so strong. Okay, let's move on to another issue in this Rashi comment. Rashi quotes here two uh, approaches how to understand, how to identify who are these brothers whom Yosef brought in front of Parai. The first explanation comes from the Midrash Rabbah and the second from what he calls Talmud Bavli Shalanu. The first explanation says that when Moshe Rabbeinu Blessed the Shvatim, so when he came to a Shavit that was weaker, he would double their names. And we can look in the psukim in Vizosa bracha, and we can find that the ones whose names were doubled were Ruven Shem, and Levi, Yisach, Ruben, Yamin. Okay, the Talmud Bavli says the other way around, says the opposite that which the names of which Shvatim did Moshe. Rabbeinu double, he doubled the names of those shvatim that were weaker. And those are the ones who were brought in front of Pharaoh. So it wasn't Ruben Shimon, Lady Yisacharim in Yemen, it was the others. Now, how can we understand what Meishu Rabenu did? If we look at the second explanation, the Talmud Bavli, we can understand it quite well. There were certain shvatim that were weaker. Moshe Rabbeinu saw that, and therefore he wanted to strengthen them. So he gave them a bracha to be strong. How did he give them a bracha to be strong? So the way he did that is by doubling their names, by mentioning their names twice. As I mentioned before, Rashi in Parshish Vizoysa Bracha, says there, that Meishe Rabbeinu doubled the names of these shvatim because they were weaker. And he did so, the chazkam, or the hagbiram. He did so to give them more, more strength and more gvura. Gvura perhaps means courage in addition to just physical strength. But he, 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 he saw certain shvatim were weaker, and he gave them a bracha, they should be stronger. This we can understand. But how do we understand the Midrash rabba? According to the Midrash Rabbah, the Maeshi was, was blessing one shavit after another. When he came to a shavit that was weaker or relatively weaker, he simply said the shavit's name. When he came to a shavit that was stronger, he doubled their names. Now, how do we understand that? Is this, is this like the rich get richer and the poor get poorer? The weak get weaker and the strong get stronger? Why is Maeshi giving something extra to those who are stronger and not giving it to those who are weaker. It would, uh, would seem uh, sensible that, that that those who have less, to those who have less, he should try to build them up. Those who already have, okay, so uh, they don't need that. He can bless them with other things. He can bless them with wealth, with wisdom, with peace, with there you are know, all kinds of blessings to give, but he, uh, if they're already strong, he doesn't have to bless them with strength. The Arye and some other Mepharshim say simply lahagid ki hem gibberim. Moshe Rabbeinu uh, doubled the names of, uh, of some shvatim, such as uh, Ruben and Shimon and Levi, etc., uh, to show, to say, to tell that they were strong. Okay, exactly uh, what, what is the point of telling us that? Well, of what value to us is that information or of what value is that information to the Shvatim themselves? I'm not sure. Maskil David says that Moshe Rabbeinu gave a little extra racha to the stronger tribes because he wanted to prevent Ayin Hara. He looked, for example, at the, uh, at the Shevet uh, Ruven. Not at Shevet Ruven. He looked, for example, at Shevet uh, Yehuda and he saw that this is a very strong tribe physically strong, uh, strong in battle. Uh, He knew that when you're very strong like that, sometimes people look at you in a jealous way, and that can have a a certain deleterious effect on, on one. And therefore, in order to prevent that damage from Ayin Hara, he gave to Yehuda and other shvatim like him, he gave him a little extra something. He doubled their names. Okay, could be. I'm always hesitant to explain things in terms of ayin hara because I don't really understand the idea of ayin hara, but okay, I would like to, to suggest the following. Perhaps the reason that Moshe Rabbeinu, according to the Midrash, gave a little extra bracha of strength to those who already were strong just for that reason, because they had the potential to be strong, those who had made themselves strong, Moshe gave them a bracha to be even stronger. Those who were not so naturally disposed to be strong, or perhaps hadn't worked on that, on that particular character trait, on that particular uh, uh, milo, that particular advantage of being strong, he he didn't bless them with that particular blessing. An example of this idea we can see in a Rashi in Parshas Dvorim. In Parshas Dvorim, right near the beginning of Moshe Rabbeinu's uh, uh, long speech to the Kala Yisrael. So Moshe Rabbeinu says, I said to you at that time, meaning going way back 40 years that when we were standing near Harsinai, I said to you at that time, I cannot, by myself carry you. I cannot bear, your, bear you, I cannot lead you by myself. Now we're gonna pick, we're gonna take a, a piece of Rashi comment in the middle of his long comment, which is not about Moshe Rabbeinu, but it's about Shlomo HaMelech. Rashi here says the following, Shlomo Amar, Shlomo HaMelech said, V'nasate la'avdecha he prayed to Hashem, please Hashem, you will give to your servant a heart that can hear you. Give me a discerning intelligence Lishpot es amcha, to judge your nation. In other words, Shlomo Melech asked for the wisdom and intellectual capability to be a good judge of his people. Okay, so he asked HaKadosh Baruch Hu to help him in that respect. And another Pasek says who can possibly judge your people? In other words, he said it, it's very difficult. How could anybody possibly judge your people? So I'm asking you to please give me uh, an extra dose of patience and, and wisdom in order to do so. Now, Rashi asked question: Yachol the as Israel, is it possible that Shlomo Hamelech was not able to judge the K'lal Yisrael. Shenemar Bo Shlomo Hamelach, about whom it says, "Batev Batev Chachmas Shlomai Mechachmas Kol Bnei Kedem." The wisdom of Shlomo was greater than the wisdom of all the people of the East. When we call Chachmas Mitzrayim and all the wisdom of Egypt, "VaYechkan Mikol HaAdam," and he was wiser than all people. Me'asan Hezrachi VeHaman V'Chalkol V'Darder Bnei Machal. He was wiser than all of these uh, famous people, whoever they are, whoever, whoever we will identify them. That's not the issue now. And his name became famous amongst all the nations around him. Voloha And Rashi says, and he couldn't judge them? He was the wisest of all men. How could, how could Shlomo HaMelech uh, go to Hashem and say, I can't do it. How can I possibly judge them? You have to help me. Okay. Good question. We're not going to go into the answer now, but let's analyze the question a little bit. In this case, let's analyze the two psukim that Rashi uses to base his question. You'll notice the pasik that in which Shlomo Melech asks the Baruch to help him be a good judge, is in Sefer Malachim Aleph, Paragimel, Mishnah Tetz. Now pay careful attention. Rashi HaSakashya, how could it be that he felt he couldn't judge the people? Wasn't he the smartest man around? Wasn't he the wisest man of all? And where does it say that? Molochim Aleph, Perik Hey, Mishnu Yid Aleph. So the commentators ask, what's going on here in Rashi? Rashi HaSakashya, how could it be that Shlomo Meloch felt that he didn't have the wisdom to judge the people, but he was the wisest man of all? Wait a second. He only became the wisest man of all later in the story, later in his life, because it's the other way around. Because he asked the Kaddish who for wisdom in order to be able to judge the people, therefore a Kaddish gave him a a supernatural, a, a very uh, overflowing cup of wisdom, more than any other person. But at the time that he was asking, at the time that he expressed to a Kaddish his his estimation. That he would not be able to judge the people, he was not yet the smartest man around. He was not the biggest, the biggest chacham. So what's Rashi's kashu altogether? The sifse chachamim and some of the other Mefarshim raise this question. The sifse chachamim answers: the mechiach al wasai. The end of what happened to Shlomo, that he became the wisest of all men, proves his beginning, meaning it shows what he was like at the beginning. Since in the end, he became so wise, he, he reached the he reached the, the absolute end, the absolute extreme, highest level of that is possible. It must be that even at the beginning, he was very wise and he would be able to judge. It's not that Shlomo Amelach went from being a, an imbecile to the biggest genius in the world. That's not possible. If he became the biggest genius in the world, it's because he was extremely wise and extremely intelligent, even at the beginning. Al derech, this is like a pasuk in Mishle, In the heart or in the mind of a novain of an understanding person, wisdom will rest. In other words, if you have dina, if you have understanding, then wisdom can rest within your mind. Wisdom will sit nicely there. If you're a fool, wisdom doesn't doesn't stay in your mind. There's another Pasek that other Mepharshim cite in a similar vein. And this is a Pasek in Sefer Daniel. Sefer Daniel. Most of it is written in Aramaic and therefore it's a little hard to read and it's not even the same kind of Aramaic that we find in Talmud Bavli, it's a different, different dialect. But let's take a look at this pasuk. This is a pasuk where Daniel is describing, he is saying certain things about HaKodesh Boruchel. <inaudible> he can change the times and the seasons. <inaudible> he can remove kings from their thrones. And he can establish kings in their thrones. And he gives wisdom to the wise. And he gives knowledge to those who know understanding. Now, he gives wisdom to the wise. Now, one could say that that means those whom we see, those whom we can observe, that they are wise, where they get it from, they got it from Hashem. However, many Mepharshim, anyway, maybe not all, but some Mefarshim explain that that's not what it means. It means to people who are hakimim to people who are wise by nature and by their own efforts, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will be Yohev Chokmasa. He will give them additional wisdom. Somebody who has wisdom, HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give that person more wisdom. The uh the Malbim. As usual, I, I, I highlighted something and of course I don't know, I come back to it ten minutes later, and the the highlighting has disappeared. But the Malbum here explains pardon me. The Malbim here explains, he quotes here a Midrash, it's a it's a Yalkut Chachma, el Hashem only gives wisdom to someone who has wisdom already. After there is a hachana tivis, after there is a natural preparation for wisdom, meaning first of all that the person was created with a, a mind that can comprehend wisdom, but I think it also means that the person has used natural means to develop his wisdom such as trying to learn and listening to wise people and reading wise books after there is a natural uh, preparation for wisdom so tovai hashefo elokhes then the divine flow of wisdom will descend upon that person Kodesh baruch Hu will give additional wisdom to that person and perhaps we can say the same thing about this midrash rabba regarding the, the weaker and the stronger shvatim, That when Moshe Rabbeinu saw a shavit that was weaker, he didn't bless them particularly with extra strength. They didn't go to the gym as much as some of the other shvatim. They weren't as strong. Okay, they will excel in other areas. But when Moshe Rabbeinu saw a shavit that was strong, Yehuda, God, Naphtali, etc. cetera, he said, "These people have a natural tendency to strength. They were created with that, and apparently these people have, in one way or another, have developed that strength. To these people, I am going to give them an extra measure of strength. I, Moshe uh, with my uh, my abilities, my koyachatvila, I am going to give them extra strength because those who have strengthened themselves deserve to be strengthened." further by divine assistance. Perhaps that is how we can understand this Rashi, and I think there is a very important practical lesson to be derived from this Midrash Rabbah, if our interpretation is correct, and that is that if there's something you want and you would like HaKodesh Baruch Hu to give it to you, the first thing you have to do is go out and try to get it yourself. If you'd like wisdom, try to make yourself wise. If you'd like strength, go to the gym and make yourself strong. You would like to be kinder. You find you are not as kind as you really think you ought to be. Try being kind and HaKadosh Baruch Hu will assist you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will give you an extra measure of kindness or of wisdom or of strength. But the first step is to do for ourselves and then HaKadosh Baruch Hu, if he sees that, he will give us even more of what we want and need.